The office is so quiet that the gentle tick-tock of her desk clock sounds like an alarm. Looking around the familiar space, I notice a loose pile of papers, including her prescription pad, some medical journals, and a photo of what I assume is her family. A graduation? A birthday? A few moments later, she returns, holding a piece of paper, chewing on a pencil, and slightly shaking her head. I don't like what I see, she says. As if remembering I am there, she quickly looks up. I mean, I'm sure it's nothing. It's nothing. But let's check it out. Unworried, I make necessary appointments and return to my inbox to reply, manage, and execute various author accounts. A few days later, I have an ultrasound. Whatever the doctor's seen, I think I can handle it. Like everything else on my to-do list, I can check this off with a breeze. I don't have any noticeable symptoms. A week later, I get a call from her office. You have cancer, she says. I'm so sorry. What? The shock charges through my veins like a bull, thickens my blood, quickens my heart rate, and seals my ears. This story, in the form of a diagnosis, shorts my system. There's no way to spin it. I didn't write this headline. I nod, I swallow, and I hold my breath. I take out my notebook and pen in a gesture of authority, proving my command over the situation. I only ask a couple of questions about logistics. When I put down the phone, I settle my gaze on a familiar blood-red painting in front of me, as if looking at something I already knew might make time stand still. Just like when I was a child, I believed that closing my eyes would make whatever was happening around me stop. The first thing I do is text my dog walker. I may need extra walks in the coming weeks. I make a to-do list. Next, I call my father. Dad, I say, I have cancer. The conversation comes down to the power of that one word repeated again and again, like a spell. Cancer? He says, you have what? No. He exhales. Yes, I say, softer the second time. Cancer. Can't be. That's what they said. Cancer? He whispers again. I know, I say. I'm sorry. I can feel the deadly words slither through my body. All I can hear is our breathing. We move quickly, as if I have a snake bite. Appointments are made. I visit my parents' home. My mother screams and holds me close. I have been bitten, but somehow I infect everyone else too. I feel this is somehow my fault, as if I have the power to edit this story and change its outcome. Two weeks later, I'm at an appointment with a very perky man in a bow tie. He the surgeon, argues the benefits of removing my entire thyroid. The only reason to remove half would be if you were an opera singer, he says with a wink. Do you have plans to become an opera singer? All of my communication skills, every single one of them, float out the window when the doctor enters the room. The white coat and stethoscope have the power to place masking tape over my mouth. I can't summon my voice because my body is frozen. 
I still have my notebook with me, but I can't write a damn thing. I notice everyone else. My father flexes his jaw. I notice the surgeon's red bow tie, an easy laugh. I tuck my voice into a little box deep inside me and keep it locked tight. I get a second opinion and a third. Everyone says the same. I wake up after surgery screaming. They ask me if I have an anxiety condition and give me a pill. When I get home, there are wrapped boxes of pretty scarves from friends and family, anticipating a scar I will need to hide. Another friend fills my fridge with food. I have dog walks lined up. I am prepared for everything, except how to feel. <laughs>